0: Hello and welcome to Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Evan I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves.
1: You know, it's very hard for me to sit through your intro because of the cigar I have I, waiting to smoke.
0: No, I see that. that that's I, a... I notice you've already got a little bit of a crack on the foot,
1: though. Well, on the... so the cigar mm-hmm. is the Padrone. 2018 TAA exclusive mm-hmm. Which arrived in stores May of 2019 Perfect timing <laughs> Yeah and I'll Just ab- absolutely um, stand, Standard for the Padron company They make great cigars But the rest of it's a little harder to deal with You, you can't rush perfection That's right I'm, I'm willing to wait Yeah And this one has made the trip All the way from Chattanooga Via a friend And I, I gotta
0: have, get friends like yours Yeah
1: they're, they're invaluable. You, you should cultivate this, this group of friends. <laughs> but he brought them from there and did not have them humidified well. And I got it last night and I put it in my humidor and let it, or put it in the humidor here in the shop. So I've got a crack in this one. I have another one that I may let humidify a little longer, but I'm not waiting any longer to smoke this cigar. All right. It is time to smoke the Padron. So you talk about yours, I'm going to light this work of art. All
0: right. I No, it's a Padron. That's not a work of art. That's a that's a Fuente. Oh. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad that joke landed. That's okay. I did it just for me. I am smoking the San Cristobal Re- Revelation, which is a cigar that I don't even... I think I've smoked one on the show before. This is a cigar that was... One of my favorites for a long time, and it used to be the cigar that I measured a cigar shop over, if they had San Cristobal. It's made in the Ashton factory. It's um, it's a little bit more spice and pepper-forward than you're expecting from a Ashton blend. The Revelation has a sun-grown wrapper, so that's where a lot of that flavor comes from. Uh, I'm smoking the Robusto because we don't have a lot of time tonight. Um, so if I got I, all the time in the world. Yeah, I know you do, but if I'm... <laughs> If I'm speaking like the micro machines guy, it's because I've put us on a deadline. But um, I I just I saw this in the humidor, and I thought, you know what? It's been a really long time since I've had one of those, and I wanted something Dominican to kind of not dry my palate out before I go for a six mile run. So I thought maybe I'll go I'll, I'll, I'll try something a little different.
1: The St. Chris is an excellent cigar. I like the bigger size. It's the, they don't call Colossus. it the El Jefe. Yeah, they call it the Colossus.
0: Yeah, the El Jefe is the La Roma de Cuba, yeah. same, but but same size. They're, yeah. they're also made in the same factory.
1: Yeah. They're all from the same vein. Yeah. And I, and I do like the La Roma de Cuba, but man, I have had the weirdest week this week. Yeah? Before we get into cigar news here, I'm going to do our legislative up-to-date. Government wants to tell you what to do and tax your brains out for the privilege. Done. Now, coming back to something important in my life. It's all about you. <laughs> That's right. It's all about Shane, Shane, Shane. My Monday started with a, my brother was mowing yards at one of his rental houses and found a homemade guillotine on the back porch. Jeez. <laughs> a, a pretty good homemade. i had to show you the picture. It's a pretty
0: good homemade guillotine. I, I... So he's renting it to a bunch of magicians? Is that what's happening here?
1: I'm not sure. He said he did, he wasn't aware that he would have to put a medieval death device rider into his leases, but apparently that needs incorporated.
0: Well, I think it's only if they use it for that. I mean, people are into some well, weird kinks okay. these days. Maybe, maybe he's a
1: moil <laughs> for giants. <laughs> well, okay. A trebuchet I can understand. Those are protected under the Second Amendment. Technically true, yes. <laughs> and all, I mean, sometimes you need to repel barbarians from the door. <laughs> and also trebuchet, I'm okay with, but the guillotine, I can't think of a practical use to have a guillotine in your backyard <laughs> at all. I mean, I have this will not
0: surprise you one bit, but I actually used to know someone who owns a guillotine.
1: What did they use it for?
0: He was a magician. He was a magician. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Did he put his head in it and disappear before the blade hit the ground? Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> What about just pulling a rabbit out of your hat? You know, the classics <laughs> and are classics that. for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need chained and dunked in water and left the. Then the next weird thing that happened to me one of my builders in one of my neighborhoods called me this morning and said, The sun is rising and hitting a street light
0: friend and, of the show, Jay Drescher, told, showed me this picture this this afternoon. This yeah. is incredible.
1: It's melted the siding on this house. I'll have to post Twice, the Twice, right? Yeah, th- this is the third set of siding before he finally set out there and realized. Now, I, being the conscientious builder I am, gave him sound advice. Obviously, the house is possessed by demons. Burn it to the ground. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, Indian I the, burial I mean, ground. Get the people out. Yeah. No, no, not Indian burial ground. That makes me liable. I developed this name. Uh, no <laughs> Indian burial grounds here.
0: Okay. So, p- <laughs> podest- possessed this, but, by demons that are in the ether, not underground. Post closing demon possession. Oh, okay. Is what this is absolutely. I want to read that docket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And- Shane versus the City of Thompson Station <laughs> regarding <laughs> possession after close.
1: Yeah. This is. Absolutely the weirdest thing. You know, it, I called my father because he built houses for 35 years. Yeah. In 35 years, he never heard of it.
0: And now, that makes me wonder, though. Is this due to the fact that ecological restrictions and and, and uh, legislation has changed? I, I'm, I'm asking, not telling. But my thought is they've changed the light bulbs that you're allowed to use in streetlights to be more eco-friendly which means that the housing around it may be made out of something different to allow the the light to look like a traditional bulb, but, you know, save the dolphins and the polar bears. And that's creating what... I mean, because surely someone would have seen this before unless it's some new type
1: of street light. Yeah, you know, I I told him, I said, well, first and foremost, you're going to have to call the power company and tell them that that you have a street light trying to burn down one of your houses. And... Secondly, um, I'm sure you're not the only person this has happened to. I bet they just bring out, like you said, a different kind of cover. I said, worst case scenario, go get your extension ladder and go to Walmart and get a 24.99 roll of um, tenter and tin tent it yourself. That's right, and that'll that'll hold at least till your warranty's up. Or just get a mirror and point it at the
0: neighbor you don't like. Just, just redirect the death ray. (laughs) Preferably the chair of the HOA.
1: Although I do want to be out there one morning and be trying to light my cigar off of the laser. (laughs) Yeah. How far are we from the laser cigar lighter?
0: Um, I don't think far.
1: Can't be the intensity and everything. We can't. I mean, we're already cutting steel with it. I may, be giving, I may be giving this away. Somebody, if you get rich from either of these two ideals, all I ask is a small finder's fee. There's two things that my R&D department is currently working on. One is the personal cell phone jammer. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard me rave about that before. I could flip it on and cell phones within 50 foot of me would not work. I'm surprised that that doesn't exist. I am. It's got to be FCC. It's got to be oh, something sure. with the FCC to shut that down. But my other ideal, my most brilliant ideal... ...is the doorbell taser. <laughs> you know, because what's the, what's one of the biggest problems facing our society right now? People running up on porch and grabbing packages that have been left there.
0: True. But well, they don't ring the doorbell. It,
1: well, that's okay. They, it's motion activated. Okay. It kicks up on your screen... And you get to decide whether, but via app, whether or not you want to tase them.
0: So it looks like a regular, regular rubber welcome mat, but it's impregnated with
1: wires and stuff that you get well, the. No, I was actually picturing, you know, the two oh, cables shooting mm. out of the door. <laughs> I was going cleverly make it look like a ring doorbell because they're big and giant and ugly. That's anyway. right.
0: I'm just saying you wire it to the floor of your porch, and then you then they can't get away from it. How
1: many Jehovah Witnesses do I fry before well, somebody gets? So some?
0: that's my my other question is you said it would pop up and you would decide because otherwise you'd have to build in logic to make sure it didn't automatically trigger.
1: The, right, didn't the, kill
0: the UPS guy. Well,
1: I was going to say Girl Scouts, but oh, okay, <laughs> unless well, they drop their cookies right, in which is like, case. I, I a Girl Scout depending on what she's, yeah, she's carrying thin mints, she's fine. I could care well, less. Right. she's got tagalongs. <laughs> she's down. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, Your
0: Honor, this is Exhibit
1: A. <laughs> the, the, this is how weird my week has been. This has just been non-stop Um, I had an interview of a broker yesterday or Tuesday. That my biggest thing. I'm still look. I'm looking for the stick. There's so many carrots, and I won't be happy till I find the stick.
0: Yeah. Welcome to corporate America.
1: Yeah. I mean, because you know, if anything's too good to be true, it generally is. Yeah. And also, I'm I'm just I'm and it's it's weird to be driving yourself crazy looking for the stick. Well, and it's one of those things that people don't think about.
0: You know, when you go into an interview, you kind of—you you talk you talk about all the good things about yourself. You don't talk about any of the bad. And then you kind of exaggerate a few things to make yourself be the person—you probably don't. You're too comfortable in your own skin. You're just who you are all the time. But most people get nervous about interviews, and they Hey, kinda... hey don't
1: knock my Oscar off the shelves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but most people, you know, they— but what people don't think about most of the time is the fact that companies are doing that too. Your hiring manager is also trying to sell you on all the great stuff, and they're keeping the skeletons well buried.
1: Right. You know, I would, my, I would say my interview with this particular brokerage went perfectly with the exception of they never showed me the stick. Yeah. I'm looking for the stick. I just I, – it, it can't be all carrots.
0: No. No, it absolutely can't. But that's um, – but that's – a good hiring manager is going to hide the stick.
1: But why? I mean, if I was hiring somebody... And you usually
0: it's your sales manage, up your sales manager's backside.
1: Well, i, I just tell you, I, if I'm going to be hiring somebody, I'm going to let them know about the stick first. And then if they can accept the stick, if the stick's not too big, too wide, too long, then... The, this is taking a terrible <laughs> this time. Is, I'm I'm staying well away from this. If they can live with the stick... Then I'll tell them what all the good parts are. But I, but why waste your time? Why tell all the good parts about, and then come to find out that, you know, a deal breaker for them is one of the things you build your company on? Well,
0: I, I think the idea is that, and I think my former employer exemplifies this pretty well, is that you hope that by the time they figure out the stick, they're so well entrenched that they've got nowhere else to go. So you're trying
1: to get them pot committed. Yeah, basically. Well, that makes perfect sense and all. But my... My goal at the beginning of it's, this week... It's not
0: ethical, but it's totally legal.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why I'm looking for the stick. Right. That's why I'm, you know... My goal for this week, I started out Monday saying, this week I make molehills out of all my mountains.
0: Yeah, I saw that on Facebook.
1: I've had an incredibly productive week. I did a week's worth of work Monday. Mm. Just because instead of thinking of why I can't do it, I just went ahead and did it. And just powered through. And just and I've been making molehills out of mountains all week. Been absolutely great, kind of exhausting. But very good, as as is evident by the fact that if you could see me, my hands are flying. Which is normally my move. Yeah, my cigar is going every which way but loose. (laughs) But just really worked on it one poker last night.
0: I saw, you guys had a massive game. What was that? We had 15 15 people. 15 sticks that you...
1: We had 15 people. The part you seen on Facebook was just the winner's share. Well,
0: that's what I was thinking. But you
1: probably pulled, what, 12 home? 15? Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge poker night last night. The poker game's going gangbusters. Excellent. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. So everything's coming together, but I just can't find the stick.
0: Well, but- my my week's been a lot more calmer than that, but I, I definitely am, am hoping that the tail end of my week becomes more mountains into molehills than the front of my week has been the other way around.
1: Uh, well, the Good Friday fishing trip, it was 40 degrees and raining. Mm-hmm. We still went fishing. My father and I, I don't care if it had been 12 degrees and, and snowing. <laughs> we would have chipped the ice and went fishing cuz it's a Good Friday. You have to go fishing on Good Friday. We had to catch no, because 20- You can't eat meat anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you observe that sort of thing. No, I don't observe that sort of thing. I, I wouldn't expect you I, to. I can't imagine that I'm going to get to the pearly gates and he's going to say, "Well, you helped your fellow man. Uh, you did unto others as you'd have them do unto you, but let's check your dietary restrictions." <laughs> Before we give you this key, let's just check before we get out the harp, the halo, the wings, and let's or let's see if we're gonna have to send you to hell and give you an accordion. You know, it's one of those things. I just don't see that as being that important. If that's your belief, great, but it's not my deal.
0: Well before we get entirely through the first half of the show without talking about it, let's talk about cigars. This is a cigar related podcast.
1: Okay, so the cigar I'm smoking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about the, well. Let's talk about the cigar she smoked on the fishing trip. Was it
1: uh, what? You... No, I ended up going a different way. i um, actually Good Friday, Jewel. Uh, no, I ended up <laughs> <laughs> bite your tongue, heathen. No, I ended up going with a Bandolero Thursday night. Got to mom and dad's house. He fixed me a side of beef. This was the biggest <laughs> steak I've ever eaten in my life. He fixed me this huge steak, and afterwards I had a Bandolero, which is a great cigar that's hard to find.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one.
1: Yeah, they don't sell them. There's only a certain shop around here that sells them, but I went there specifically for this cigar. Can I tell you I've noticed
0: a swath of uh, Cuban sandwich inexpensive cigars that have come out lately. I had a cigar called the Slaughterhouse this week that I had never had before. That's a terrible name for a cigar. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of like it. Plus, for me, I immediately thought of Kurt Vonnegut. I went that route with it. I don't okay. know if you've ever read Slaughterhouse-Five, but it's a phenomenal book. It's definitely can, worth a read. Yeah, I can understand that. So, But it was it was a $4 cigar, you know, Cuban sandwich, but it was phenomenal.
1: Well, and so here's my question. And I, and I actually have an announcement on a new value price cigar that I hate to interrupt your segue, but I got to get this thought out of my head. I was about to say you're going to step on that perfect segue. I'm going to I'm going st- to walk all over that son bitch. This guy. is why we don't rehearse. This is it. <laughs> How good would we be if we rehearsed? Apparently, worse. <laughs> and so, in the past, the leftovers from cutting cigars and all were usually put into cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Usually, they just you know built them up, piled them up, shipped them, and made cigarettes out of them smoking cigarettes is at an all-time low It's like we recording on a
0: stunt film set. I, we, You know, since the weather's turned nice, we've started recording outside because just to enjoy the weather and because it's usually, usually a little quieter than inside. I swear, there have been more cars
1: and motorcycles peeling out and revving their engines today. It's one of those days, but the good news is that you don't hardly hear it on the microphones. That's true. Is it that there's not as much market for cigarette tobacco now that the... since the fall of smoking and that... that, or is it that they've realized it's far more profitable to turn these into a Cuban sandwich and sell a low-priced cigar? Maybe a little bit of both, if I had to guess. Um, But I also wonder if
0: it's because the cigar consumer has changed and as prices on main label stuff is going further and further up with each passing month, is... They're starting to realize these manufacturers that they can still put out a quality product with their leftovers and people will buy it. And you talk to any shop owner in this city, and as soon as they get in something under six bucks, it's gone. Look at the Charter Oak. You can't find it anywhere. Everyone gets them in, and then they're all gone. And then, and this, it's the same with um, the same shop, Smokers Abbey, had. Uh, you know, four dollar Cuban sandwiches forever. They were gone in two weeks and they probably had a 500 of them.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because people for a daily smoke, people are going to price shop. Yeah, they're going to want a better deal on a daily smoke. But let me cover this. So, Alec Val, Alec Bradley has the value priced Project 40. This is from aficionado. This will be shipping in May. Now, Alec Bradley not known for their inexpensive cigars. Not in the least. You know, La Aurora has an inexpensive cigar coming out, and that's not a huge stretch for them. I can see them getting into the less expensive cigar no. market pretty easy. Asylum with the yeah. you know, the schizo, I can see the same thing. Yeah. This is this is really this would like be like Padron coming out of a Cuban sandwich. True. And all. And it's um, Project Forty. They're calling it that because it's a research-based initiative that says you know forty percent genetic, ten percent other people, whatever. Blah blah. I don't. Blah, I do You know, blah. I want the story to be about my cigar, not about the name of my cigar. Right. Let's make the story about how okay, we're going to sell you a seven by fifty, a six by sixty, for five dollar and twenty five cents to five dollar and ninety nine cents. That's not bad. A stick, good looking cigar, it's and I a, do like Alec Bradley. I just don't smoke a whole lot of it because it tends
0: to be on the pricier side.
1: Well, and it's a Nicaraguan filler, a Habano Seed Brazilian binder, and a Colorado wrapper from Nicaragua. All right. And I I imagine, it doesn't say in this article that it's Cuban sandwich style, but at that price, it's got to be Cuban sandwich style. And I'm okay. You know, the schizos turned me. I can tell you, the schizos have absolutely shown me that a Cuban sandwich can be a very good cigar. And uh, I do think that part of what... Part of what some shop owners miss, the place I know that sells the most box purchases has the lowest per stick price, Mm-hmm. and he more than makes up... It's quantity over quality. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, people buy five, six boxes
0: at a time. You and were- it's where I buy my padrones even the four thousand, because he's got them so much cheaper right, than like everybody else. Eight
1: bucks. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. they're darn near cigar underrated at that shop.
0: Yeah, they are, and they're actually the eight sixty nine for a Padron four thousand, which is a six by fifty four, I think, or something thereabouts. Right. And um, yeah, and eight sixty nine. I mean, anywhere else, it's over eleven bucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's why he sells boxes on boxes on boxes of cigars. He's moving volume. And I think that if you own a cigar shop, that's something really important you need to consider and contemplate. So let's step away. Let's do Cigar Under 8. When we come back, i got a really cool ST DuPont lighter I want to talk about, a couple of other things non-cigar related. But let's just come back with that. All
0: right, we'll be back with that more after this. <laughs>
1: This week's cigar under eight. This week, I want to talk about a cigar. I won a couple of these in the poker game, and I forgot how good a cigar these were till I smoked one earlier today. The Punch Grand Puro. This is
0: such a good cigar.
1: It is. It's a general cigar. Uh, The Punch brand probably don't smoke enough Punch cigars in my life. You know, I smoke the Punch Diablo semi-regularly, but I've kind of fell out of love with it somewhat. Mm -hmm. But the Grand Puro, a Puro for under $8, it is a Nicaraguan Puro cigar. Um, It's a bold cigar. I was about to say, it's medium plus or medium full. Yeah, the cigar smoker that smokes this is somebody that has smoked many cigars. Absolutely. This is not a rookie smoke, even though it's priced in that, that Muchador class. It's not a rookie smoke, but it's a great cigar. They just repackaged them now. They got this brilliant blue label on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful cigar. I really enjoy them. You can get them in the 7x54, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And just can't say enough good things about the Punch Grand Puro. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast, one of your hosts, Shane. Every time. I get so excited that we're coming back.
0: <laughs> hey, everybody, we're back! <laughs> I think I
1: just get so excited that we're coming back, but okay, I'll start over. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. Oh, now you got NPR voice on. The, I like the, it. <laughs> this is Shane, sitting across from Trey. <laughs> yeah. He will be seconding me in my duel against the city building official from Thompson Station later That's this right. week. How, about, how much better would our culture be if we had dueling, I mean, can we not put a dueling system into place in this country?
0: You know, I did read something interesting recently that, you know, we think of the Wild West and people just shooting each other in the street. And did you know that dueling
1: in the Wild West was maybe happened five times recorded? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost never happened. But I'm and I'm, I'm not saying necessarily pistols at 10 paces. I would with this particular inspect- slap fight at dawn. <laughs> no, with this particular inspector, I would be happy to go rapiers to first blood. I would be very happy just for it to be rapiers to first blood, and after that, he repeals this idiocy, resigns his position, and goes home.
0: <laughs> and shames his family. And shames I, his
1: family. I actually
0: do like that idea. As long as the the penalties, the, the the legal ramifications for assault and battery go away, but murder and manslaughter resume. I can understand that. So you're not allowed to run the guy through. Sure. But... If you if you nick his torso, it's like uh, uh, Die Another Day, the last Brosnan Bond film. It was had to be drawn from the torso. First draw, first blood drawn from the torso, and as long as a person doesn't die, it's settled.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think even if know, he
0: does die, the matter's still settled. You just have to go to jail for
1: murder. We're going to have to get Mr. <laughs> Dresher on here and discuss the legal ramifications mm. and how this. I'm sure there would be some sort of a dueling fee we would all have to pony up you know some sort of a permit or like a like a life insurance bond of some kind of some kind something like that cover medical costs now being asked to be the second you you gotta pick your second carefully true and all because you don't want your second to just dive in you want to be sure that your second knows you only come in if the other guy's second comes in and i'm how are you of a rapier Quite good, actually. And, uh, okay, well, Clay- I don't think Claymore would be the weapon for you. I believe Rapier no. would be uh, more a- along your lines. It's a
0: more, uh, Claymore is brute force. The rapier is much more finesse. I like yeah. to think that that's me.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, but just think about how many problems would never arise in your life. You know, because, okay, it don't always have to be Claymores or Rapiers at dawn. It could just be to submission, to to being you know rendered unconscious, to anything like that. Any of these things would work fine. Now, and let's let's be civilized. If I challenged you to a duel, you would get to pick the method. Whether that way, I'm less likely to challenge you because I, you know, you know, I'm going to be strong in a power contest, and you're going to be stronger in a speed contest. So if I challenge you, I have to be prepared to take to, on that. To do a foot race. Yeah. <laughs> I, have be, I have to be prepared for these things. So, but anyway, sorry, that's way off the realm of cigars, but... No, I think, but I, I think I've got a
0: solution here that you'll appreciate. Wrestling. Right? To a three-count pin. That's harder than you may think. No, I know it is. When it's not set up and predetermined, it would be very difficult. But yeah. your brute force versus my speed and endurance, I, you would win. But... I think it would be it has the potential to be closer than you might think
1: well you know because I could run um, around the
0: ring for three hours until you just exhausted yourself
1: you know the little guy Mighty Mouse in the MMA I forget what his name is I'm not a big MMA guy but you know he's 150 soaking wet but I have no doubt that even at twice his size he could still destroy me he would still choke me out Mm -hmm. pretty quick so yeah it could all be balanced I could understand that but coming back to cigars Oh, oh yeah this is a cigar show So, we've looked, we've talked about a lot of ST DuPont lighters before. Mm
0: -hmm. They've been on a roll lately. They've been announcing a lot of new stuff that I
1: I, I wouldn't have expected them to be quite so prolific these days. Well, they finally introduced one that is interesting to me. Mm. You know, pretty lighters, they ride in my pocket, they do a lot of things. I don't necessarily need a beautiful lighter. And all functional is far more valuable to me than beauty. But the LeGrand ST DuPont is both a soft flame and a jet. I never would have expected them
0: to get into this arena. I, I really would. It looks like they're line too.
1: That, I like that. That's sharp. Now, at $1,668, Jeez, it's still Louise. out of the range of where I want to be. Yeah. But the finish is simple. Straight, straight silver finish. Um, like a brushed kind of. Yeah, I mean, you well, you can get the the brushed palladium at a thousand and sixty four dollars. That's not terrible, not for palladium. No, not and to have the dual because that's really what I need. I would love to have here. If anybody out there makes lighters, put down the taser doorbell for a minute, and I want a soft flame and a triple jet wall flame option lighter. They create that. I'll be happy to pony up the cash as long as it's not over $250. I think you'd that. be
0: hard-pressed. to I, I mean, because a triple-jet wall lighter is $150 by itself these days. A uh, hundred.
1: Yeah, but the fuel tank, the housing's all already. It's like building a two-story house. It's, builder, it's cheaper to build a two-story house than a one-story house. So building a dual-wind lighter, you're not going to be paying for two lighters. Yeah, true. But I, I do think there are some complications.
0: I think there's a reason why it hasn't been done. I think mostly because the person who likes a three triple jet and a person who likes a soft flame are, I think you may be one of 25 people that <laughs> fall into both categories. Wait,
1: are you saying I'm a little schizophrenic? <laughs> Maybe. No. No, I'm saying
0: that your tastes are so refined that you've worked yourself into such a small niche. Like how I did the, that?
1: Yeah, that there's truly only two paths. Right. Although I have had to make a change to my cigar smoking. For the past year, I have had the worst time with cigars burning crooked. Yeah. And it was using the Deep V. For some reason, since I've went back to the straight cut, I've had 70% less uneven burns going through my cigar.
0: I wonder how much of that is the cut and how much of that is the construction. I wonder if cigar something about the way a particular cigar is rolled would make it more or less conducive to a V-cut.
1: I, I don't know. I, I wonder if you you could very well be right, because it makes sense. If you take the V out, then the sides are not getting the amount of air, which would lead to mm-hmm. a more uncontrolled burn, which would lead but to a, a more But in a Cuban crooked.
0: sandwich where you've got more shorter tobacco, maybe that makes up some of the difference and you get more airflow. I'm just curious on that. I'd be interested to to maybe do some testing. I did see something interesting. People were, there was a guy on uh, some Facebook group and he was talking, he was bad-mouthing Roma Craft cigars about how they always seem to burn unevenly. And of course, this was in the Degenerate Weasels group. So it's a bunch of fanboys to Roma Craft like myself. And of course, they all jump on the mo- how, Why is he so close, so quick
1: to- Hold on a second, did you call them the Degenerate Weasels? That's what they're called. That sounds like a bad 80s punk band, but carry on. <laughs> why can't it be both?
0: So the, the point is, you know, these guys all jumped really quickly to, you know, why is he so quick to jump on the brand and construction and not think that the problem's with him? But at the same time, why are you so quick to assume that it's him? And versus, I think there's so much that goes into the creation of every cigar that there's going to be a little bit of both. I think the cut, the light, the smoker, and the construction all play into whether or not it's going to burn crooked.
1: Well, even though I am pretty much emotionally impervious to most things, I do tend to, when I have a problem, first look to me. Right. I'm the and, same way. And I had to... Well, you're not emotionally impervious, but yes, you do tend to look to you first. Wow. <laughs> See, I just hurt his feelings, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but the... um I I said, okay, I'm going to smoke the next 50 cigars straight cut as opposed to V cut. So I just flipped over my nice Calibri S V cut and started smoking them straight cut. And I will say it has greatly reduced the amount of uneven burns which I have experienced. Interesting. So it'll be interesting as it bears out. What we may have to do, we may have to actually take 10 shows, which would be 20 cigars, and V cut. Alternate V-cut, straight cut between the two of us, and see where we get the uneven burn. Because this padrone, now this is a padrone. Yeah, it's burning perfectly. It should. It's a padrone.
0: And you tend not to V-cut your padrones anyway.
1: No, I tend I tend to to punch them actually. Actually, the price of padrone, I tend after I cut it, want to just snort the shavings. (laughs) Right, (laughs) and all you know, at a buck fifty a puff, you (laughs) want to get all you can. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of which. So, my friend that brought me these Padrones, I um, presented him with a really nice Cuban Monty Open Eagle that I happened to have with me to thank him for it because he wouldn't have sent my money. And all. which is, is that such a gentleman's move? It is. Even though you know that's probably two forty bucks cigars he mm-hmm. handed. You know, yeah. pro, I don't know what the MSRP is, but somebody that does a podcast can look that up. Um, two 40. We're lovers, not experts. That's right. $40, um, we're cigar lovers, not ex- cigar <laughs> experts. But uh, he wouldn't have sent my money, my cash for him, so I gave him a really nice cigar in return. And I'll, I'll give him another one next time I come across something special. He's on the list. Yeah. To be sure I give him something that fits his palate. Now, his palate is a much gentler palate, so I have to... It's not like I give him a feral flying pick. Right. He would not enjoy that cigar. So... But he spoke spoke at length of reciprocity. How does reciprocity differ from tipping? Are they in the same vein? Are they two totally different concepts? How does all that come together? I. Th- Segway that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's your own segue, so I don't know if that counts. I I think there's a certain amount of. Hmm. I I, I think it's kind of related. But. Tipping has become so ubiquitous in the US that I don't think there's a sense of reciprocity anymore. I think it used to be you get great service, you tip well. And I think now, with the expectation of tipping 20% or 25% or whatever the new normal is supposed to be, I think it's less about getting good service and it's just more about what you're supposed to Less do.
1: Less recipro- reciprocity, more expectation. More obligation. Yeah. Yeah, see I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree I, I agree with your concept. Let me let me phrase this properly. I think you're right and I hate it.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. The the conceptually it's I don't like doing anything out of obligation. And and I hate that and I hate that you know, I go to a restaurant and I have to pay the owner's staff their salary.
1: Yeah. You know, if, if they perform well, if they keep my drink full, if my food arrives on time, you know, one of my favorite places to eat before I come to the podcast shut down last week and all, and it was due to the fact their service had been getting poorer and poorer. Yeah. But not to stray too far, so tipping in the cigar shop. Some cigar shops allow it, some don't. Where do you come down? Should you tip in the cigar shop or should the owner say no?
0: I... So it's a little different in the cigar shop because, so, so let's let's first kind of set the stage, and just kind of point out that servers in a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, are paid two thirteen an hour. So your tipping there is kind of an obligation. It 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 may be supporting their
1: bad life choices too. I
0: there are there are <laughs> servers in this town who make more than I do, All right. and probably more than you do too, depending on what you know. Anyway. So, but, but but when you talk about tipping in a cigar shop, you're talking about a, a different paradigm because these people are making a living wage, and the tip is just an added bonus extra. Back in the days when I drank, if I would come into a shop like this one that also served alcohol and there was a bartender, I tipped like I was at a bar. About a dollar a drink, or two dollars for every three drinks is kind of how it worked out. Um... And I think that's appropriate and fair. In a cigar shop where I walk into the humidor, I select what I want, and I come out and hand it to you, and all you do is punch a couple of buttons on the square machine and then turn it around for me to swipe my own card, I, I'm not
1: tipping. I think that's fair. Now, I have I have a version of that. You know, here, um, you know, I come in, they run a tab for me, I usually have a root beer, Glendale will get a couple of things... Uh, especially on poker night where I'm getting different cigars and things like that and all that. I'll tend to, I have a standard tip, but I never base my tip upon the price of my cigar.
0: Yeah, and I don't think you should. I I think that's like tipping in any scenario where it's kind of not compulsory. Like the valet guy, you know, it's a standard couple of bucks. You know, it doesn't matter if you drive a Rolls Royce or a beat up Honda. It's a couple of bucks for parking your car. With cigar is the same thing. His level of effort is not determined by the price of your cigar. Right. So going back to kind of the, the restaurant example, you know, if you have a bigger bill, odds are he did more to earn your tip. You know, there, were, there was an appetizer course, there was a main course, there were several drinks, there was dessert. He was working harder for you as your bill goes up, so the tip goes up. Totally get that. But in a counter service scenario... Yeah, if you're if you're the price of the cigar, I don't think enters into it.
1: Yeah, I don't think the price of the cigar. Now, if you sit there like we will, you know, when the brain trust meets here on a Friday night, if we sit there all evening smoking cigars and all the guys are getting beers and he's having to keep up with that or she, whoever the case may be, then yeah, I can I can understand a little tips there because they're yeah. keeping an eye on your drink. You know, the guy that whoever works poker night here. Always, I make it a point to say to the guys, hey, don't forget, he's worked very hard for us tonight. Leave a little extra in the tip jar.
0: And that's a bit of a special scenario as well because in that case, the bartender or the, the guy working the shop is usually coming over to the table, which is not typical of the person who's working in this shop. Like, he'll actually come over, get drink, run drinks for people. Kind of goes back to that shop we were talking about a few weeks ago uh, with the water glass thing. In that shop, whether you're buy whether you're getting water, whether you're getting a, a a mixed drink or a beer or whatever, their bartenders actually come out onto the floor and are right. the ones running drinks. I think that's different. I think you do tip like it's a bar in that right. scenario. That, that's a
1: mandatory they're, tipping deal. They're, they're coming to your table. Yeah. I can understand that from that standpoint now. I had the I had a discussion with one of the gentlemen that work at this shop. When you used to work here, Mm -hmm. did you ever seed the tip jar?
0: Oh, absolutely. Anybody who has a tip jar and doesn't seed it is leaving money on the table. See,
1: that's what I was trying to explain to this gentleman. He and I were talking. I said, listen, get three fives. And every time you walk in here, drop those three fives in the tip jar. You'll get them back at the end of the night. But if all people walk up and see is quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, and the occasional dollar bill, that's all they're going to throw in in right. kind. You know, um, you need to seed the tip
0: jar. My favorite was always $8 a five and three ones.
1: So you wouldn't just do three fives? I wouldn't do three fives. Because I would like to set the standard. Okay, standard tip's going to be five bucks.
0: No, but I think, it, I think it looks too obvious. A lot of people understand and know that people seed the tip jar now. So I think if it's just three fives sitting in there, it, it, it looks a little obviously that you're just trying to seed it with big bills. So I think a five and three ones looks more natural.
1: Well, to, to steal a, some, it was said in jest by Drew Hastings, a joke, but it's actually a pretty good ideal. Always take $2 bills to the strip club because in the dark, a two looks like a 20. Right, and even if she realizes it's a two, she says, "Well, this guy's something different about him." <laughs> so, so do you do you put a silver dollar in there or a two dollar bill? Do you put something a little odd in there so I'm, that they I'm, have you draw their attention to the tip jar?
0: I'm all for doing that. I love uh, it, when you go to the car wash these days. A lot of times, if you change a bill, they'll give it to you in dollar coins because it's easier for their automated machines right. to to handle it. And so, I, I love when that happens. And that, yeah, I always spin those. Those dollar coins on tips and throwing oh, yeah. tip jar yeah. stuff like that.
1: Well, you can get a, if you use a dollar coin or a two dollar bill, you can get away with a little light, lousier tip because they're so impressed by the deuce. They. I was talking with a guy in here this afternoon who was talking about
0: just that. Gave a guy a two dollar bill, and it, because he had never seen one before, and it's just like, yeah, you're only out two bucks, but you make an impression.
1: Oh, actually, I was here. He gave that guy the $2 bill, and the guy bought him three $6 beers. Exactly. <laughs> so, so he got so a... So return on investment yeah, was really he good. A, he got a bargain out of that $2 yeah. bill, and all you got to do is go to the bank and ask for $2 bills. If they got them, they're happy to give them to you. They're perfectly legal United States currency. Right. But I thought that was a... But tipping in the cigar lounge, I think you're right. I think it is so situational. I don't think... You know, we can set a universal rule. Hey, not head... Don't bring your own cigars into the cigar bar. If you order them online, smoke them online. Right. Don't be bringing. You know. Don't do things like that. And don't throw a fit about a cut fee if that is the case. Right. If you have to bring your own cigar in and they want to charge you a small cut fee, don't throw a fit about it. Or better yet, if you want to smoke your own cigar, you know I have done this, and I'll for perfect example. This cigar did not come from this shop. Now I'm smoking it outside the shop on a podcast so I get a special dispensation, but I'll go buy another cigar. Right. They will still make their cigars sell off of me. Mm-hmm. So if you must, if you have something special that, you know, you want to smoke, go buy something else of theirs. Yeah. You're you're not gonna get the cut fee yeah, in most exactly. cases. And I'll but I don't think there can be a hard and fast rule on tipping as it comes to being in the cigar lounge.
0: No, I don't think there is either because the lounges are so different. The other thing I will say before we wrap it up is there's there's also the, the, the when you go into the shop and you and the the guy comes in the humidor with you, walks you around the humidor, shows you the different stuff and what's unique to their shop and they spend time with you and they help you make your selection if that person goes what I would consider to be above and beyond and they do happen to have a tip jar or the little button on the square machine, go ahead and drop them a buck.
1: We're from such a different generation. I use cash for everything. I would never tip on a credit card. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm at a restaurant and I pay with a credit card, I leave the tip in cash. I, I, it's a generational thing. And, I and
0: your servers appreciate that because they don't have to claim that cash tip, whereas anything on a credit card automatically gets claimed and they have to pay taxes on it.
1: Right, they automatically lose whatever percentage of it the government's robbing right. them for.
0: And, and I do prefer cash when I can, but it's one of those things, I'm not going to pull cash out of the bank, but I I end up with cash from yep. selling stuff. and just, like, I
1: always try and use cash when I can. The, na- the nature of my life leads to having cash on yep. hand. So, this is interesting. <laughs> Time to pronounce judgment upon our cigars you're starting to singe your whiskers. Yeah, it's, it, it is about time to trim them up. <laughs> the TWA Padron is excellent. I don't think in a Pepsi Challenge blind taste test I could tell it from another Padron 1928. Hmm. I don't think there's... It, it's still an excellent cigar. It, I'm still absurdly grateful to him for getting it for me. But I don't think in the Pepsi Challenge I could tell you the difference in a 1926 and a 1926
0: TWA. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, and and I, I, there's probably
1: there's probably not very much difference. Probably not. Being as it took them an extra <laughs> year and a half over the due date to get them out. Right. Probably not a lot of. Deal. They probably said, "Hey, slap TWA on some of these 1926s and, and get, get them, them out. Yeah. Let's move them. What about the Saint Cristobal? Uh, Saint Cristobal is great. This is a
0: you're going to hate this. It's a five and a half. I know you're going to hate that. It's it's not quite a six. It's a six today because it's exactly what I wanted. It would be a five every other time because it's just,
1: it's good, not great. Well, so, we're going to add, from now on, we're adding a new dimension to passing judgment on our cigar. All right. What level of cigar smoker? What palate would you recommend that cigar for?
0: That would—that's a, a medium plus. So, it, it is a great cigar for someone who's wanting to change things up.
1: One that's been smoking milder cigars and wants to step up but don't want to go into the deep end of the pool. Actually, I'd go the other way around.
0: Someone who's been smoking a lot of full-bodied cigars and wants flavor but wants to back it off a little bit, maybe because the climate's getting a little warmer in the summer months, I think it's great for that.
1: Getting a little palate burnout. This Padron, I chose the natural. I enjoy the natural Padron more than I enjoy the Maduro Padron. That's where we disagree. I feel like I get more nuance out of the natural than I do the Maduro. I don't feel like, I feel like the Maduro is good. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I'll smoke any of them. Right. But I feel like the natural gives me just a little bit more nuance for that tobacco, that padrone, the famous padrone flavor. I feel like I really feel it in the natural more so than I do in the Maduro. I, I, can, I can understand that. No, but thanks everybody for listening. How do they get a hold of us, Trey?
0: You can get a hold of us via email at infothecigarcast.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast and facebook.com slash thecigarcast.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening tonight. Until next week, have a great cigar and thank well of us.